0: Welcome everyone who's watching, listening, or whatever you're doing in the bath, shower, mm-hmm. whatever, to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. I think we're on about episode 68. We're having a week off next week because I'm on Ollie, and I think we've done these non-stop for John was just reminding me since Christmas. So we'll have a week off. Anyway, as always, we ask you to leave a review if you can, wherever you watch or listen. That really helps us. Um, You know me, Steve, and you know my co-host John Evans tonight. Real boxing man. He's been on the pod a couple of times. Former fighter, trainer, manager, matchmaker, promoter. What doesn't he do? He never gets stressed. He's always relaxed. He's, he's absolutely ultra relaxed tonight after David Athanesian's win. It's Carl Greaves. Carl, thanks for coming on, mate.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me on.
0: Yeah, so like life treating you well. You look, you look like a motor racing driver, all those sponsors on you. That means you must be <laughs> successful in life.
1: Yeah, life's good. Yeah, I'm enjoying life, boys. Like you say, it's very stressful. It's a very stressful job, boxing. You know what yeah. I mean? People don't realise what stress you go under, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I'm no. used to it now.
0: And I'll tell you what you wouldn't, because that small show you put on the other week in Newark, in your hometown, was an incredible night. I mean, 1,200 yeah, yeah. people in that That hall, all round tables, just knocking back booze, and everyone was there from the first fight to the last. It weren't like York Hall where 600 are watching one fight at three o'clock, 200 are watching one at five o'clock, 800 are watching one at ten o'clock, and it's still sold out because they're all in the pub, the Dundee Arms. Everyone was there, mate, and it was it was a fantastic night.
1: Yeah, I was really pleased with it, especially in my hometown to sell it out as well. And it was a it was a good show. The production obviously with fight zone and having all you guys there, and you know what I mean. And there's some good fights on as well. So I was really pleased with that show.
0: I like the look of your kid, um, James Richardson. I like him a lot, Carl. I think you've got someone there who might um be a very decent pro. I mean, I know Kevin McCauley is really is at the end, but over four rounds, it 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 wasn't good to watch the last round as it as he as he let loose on Kevin. There, he looks a really good fighter, and I was in, yeah, impressed. very by, very talented. Impressed by your lightweight on his debut, got that kid out the way.
1: Yeah, I managed to get him in the uh, boxer tournament. Can't dangerous, believe it. He's, dangerous, yeah. Uh, only had one fight. Yeah, I've got him in the tournament on Sky on uh, April the sixteenth. He's buzzing about. it. He's only had one. So, uh, listen, it's a bit of a dark horse. He, he, yeah. he can whack, yeah. Like, he can he, whack. He, he's
0: one of those kids who's either going to get done in the first, first fight there or go and win it. That's what he strikes yeah. me as.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's hope he goes on Wednesday. What story that will be.
2: Hey, hey Carl, because you, you do for, you do all these different roles now, and we saw you on Saturday. We'll talk about it in a minute. We've an Asian in a, a big fight, big high-profile fight. When it's all said and done, when you're posing for your pictures with David, or when you sit down and have a drink after one of your own shows? Which gives you the most pleasure these days? What, what do you take the most pleasure and pride in? Completing on your own shows, or being involved at a big level like that?
1: Yeah, you know what? After I've gotten them nights out of the way, whether it's promoting or obviously a fight that you've trained in, in a big fight, I'm just worn out maybe time <laughs> it comes to the end of it. You know what I mean? I just want to go to bed. Like, I went back to the bar in the hotel on Saturday night, had a couple of drinks and was ready for bed, like, you know what I mean? It's, it's It knackers me out. But I get a buzz from all of it, you know what I mean? Especially if i had a good show. And then, obviously, if my fighter's done really well in a big fight, there's it's no better buzz, you know what I mean? It's stressful leading up to it. People don't realise what you go through, you know what I mean? Obviously, training a fighter, the preparation, the work that goes into it. And then, but then, obviously, nights like that make it all worthwhile.
0: Yeah. All right, then, well, Carl, we're going we're gonna to crack on now. Uh, John, you got your bell, your clock and everything ready. We're going to go through six rounds straight off. In 18 minutes, we're going to let Carl have an early night and make some matches, or make some matches, whichever he, he's got to do. Um, you ready, John? Ready when top? you
2: are. Off
0: you go. All right, first round, over to you to start us off. Carl, King David, your own man, David Avanesian.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously... He had, a, he had a routine defence of his European title, really. I mean, the kidney box was 15-0. and 0. We've had a bit of stick over the opponent, but I watched him. He looked lively. He looked ambitious. And he coming out had a go. And he was brave enough to get in there with David. People don't realise that we've offered so many people the fight, you know what I mean, for the European title. And he was the only one willing to accept the challenge. It's all right, like people on social media slagging us, saying... What are you doing fighting level of opposition like that? You should be pushing on for a world title. But they don't realise it's so difficult at the moment, the situation we're in with David. You know what I mean? He got ordered for WBC, final eliminator. Neil Marsh's manager went out to Mexico. He got the fight ordered with him and Virgil Ortiz. Virgil Ortiz takes a different route, goes on to want to fight Michael McKinson for the WBO eliminator, which unfortunately fell through for him because he'd come down with an illness. So we're left with nothing, you know what I mean? What do we want David to do? Have no fights, no activity, and been stuck on the shelf? He's got a fight. He's got bills to pay, you know what I mean? He needs to keep active. So he took what was offered, you know what I mean? And he took him out in a round. Listen, it is what it is. He's wiped the floor with all the European opposition, whether it was Josh Kelly, Kerman Lujaraga, you know what I mean? Liam Taylor, Del Rio, he's gone through them all, you know what I mean? It proves that David's world level is well above European level, but at the moment in time, we can't do anything about it. We've just got to fight what's put in front of us until we get the opportunity. I mean, the WBC needs to get a figure out, really, because they need to order someone, David. Once the Jaloti's decided to take another route, they should have ordered someone, and they haven't yet. You know what I mean? We've looked at the latest ratings. Keith is number three. David's number two. So let's get that fight ordered. you know what I mean? Kuf Firmin, and David Alvarez for the final eliminator. I mean, it's very frustrating. And when you're reading social media and that, and all these people with a voice on there and giving it the big, and they ain't got a clue about the game and what we're going through. You know what I mean? We're only fighting who's put in front of us. And this is all we can get at the moment. Until we get the big fight, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. David's got to keep active, simple as that.
2: Yeah, dead right. dead right. And Virgil Ortiz, he, he's going to be out for a while, isn't he? he May even end up moving up in weight after hearing what that illness was. So that exactly. So at least it clears an obstacle, doesn't it? And if Thurman's below you and he turns it down, the WBC will have to go to number four, number five, and eventually... Yeah. So- yeah,
1: well, uh, unless they just order David as, as, as a mandatory now. I mean, we've done yeah. our job. I mean, we've defended the Europe, European title five times, you know what I mean? He went out to an hostile Bill Barron, ripped the title from kerman Giraga in nine rounds, went back and did it again in a round. And then people slagging opposition. At the end of the day, what do they, what do they want us to do? You know what I mean?
0: Right. Rant to start, to start us off this week. Round two, um, Hamza Shiraz. Um, I thought that performance the other night against Jed Smith was um, outstanding. Um, I thought He's, you know, look what happened in the Bradley Skeet fight. Happened. He wasn't great. He may have lost. Who knows? You know. I- But um, we've seen Brad Rowe with a string of great performances. You know what? And that middleweight division now is bubbling up just nicely behind Felix Cash and these guys. You know, Fowler. You know, Jimmy Kelly had a big win in America against Kana Islam. We can't forget that. You've got River Wilson, Bentley, English champion. Danny Dignam, you know, Bentley against Udofia coming up. I just thought that performance the other night from him was was exceptional to get Jez Smith out, out of the way. I mean... I expected him to win the fight, but I thought it was me one of those stoppages in seven, eight rounds, that sort of thing. I thought he was exceptional, and I only saw highlights. I didn't listen, and I, was, I spoke to Buncey today, and, um, and apparently he said he said this afterwards. And I was thinking this, this guy isn't finished growing. He could be a super middleweight in a couple of years. Um, I just, just want to get your, your opinion, particularly you, John, because I know you're a big, there's Brad Ray as well out there who you know so well.
2: Yeah, no, we know Bradwell, don't we? But I, I've spoken to Hamza quite a lot recently. I, he's a good lad, Hamza, isn't he? Yeah, he, he is about it a perfect fella. Lot. When, yeah, when he went back to Los Angeles, I think we spoke about it, he said, rather than training himself into the ground, thinking he had to put things right after what happened with Bradley, he went the opposite way, he calmed it all down, he picked better sparring partners, did the weight, well, moved up the weight and did it properly. I thought he looked... He looked great, didn't he? Quite often, if someone puts in a bad performance and we blame it on the weight, sometimes you can take it with a bit of a pinch of salt. Can't it? It's a ready-made excuse. But Hamza looked like a genuine middleweight, didn't he? And maybe the Bradley Skeet thing was to do with weight, but, guy, he looked like a frightening prospect, didn't he? And like you said, he's going to be a super middleweight sooner or later.
1: Yeah, I mean, how he used to make light middle is is unbelievable. He's, he's massive. I mean, obviously... I was with him at the weigh-in and at the uh, press conference and, that, and stood near him and I couldn't believe the size of him, you know what I mean? And I knew as soon as he moved up in weight, he'd be a different, different kettle of fish, he'd be a different level, you know what I mean? And he's proved that, he's kept his power, he's moved it up with him. Um, yeah, so yeah, he's going to do big things him, I like him.
0: Yeah, I mean, usually boxers, they go up in weight. It takes a year to grow into the weight. He already looks like, you know, he's having to get down to the weight. I, I thought it was a really big performance. And I'm, I'm really excited for the domestic middleweight division again with these unbeaten young guns and guys, you know, like Fowler, Jimmy Kelly around. I think it's a really good division now domestically once again and improving. Um, round three, over to you, John. Michael McKinson, I'm glad you picked this topic. It was my third choice.
2: Yeah, what a shame for Michael McKinson. Um, you know, he, he was on a shot to nothing, wasn't he, against Virgil Ortiz. Um, he could think his stock could only have risen, I think, against Virgil Ortiz. I don't think Mike's the type who got blown out and he would have put in a good performance. Yeah. Ortiz would have come for him. It, it would have suited McKinson's style and we might have got something out of him. It would have been a tough, tough fight, but I think we could have seen flashes of what he could do. In in the end, he, you know, he got messed around, didn't he, McKinson? Ortiz pulls out, he gets opponent after opponent, and then ends up in a stinker of a fight with Martin, which didn't help him at all. Um, and I was just wondering, the gamble, taking Ortiz, which would have been good payment, exciting fight against a big name, will that backfire because he didn't look good against Martin? You know, it didn't show his style. Will American TV and Golden Boy look at him and think, oh, we're not having him back? You know, Fair play to Mike for keeping his eye on the game and, and winning and pulling it off and keeping that record. But, you know, where does he go now? I've heard some of the opponents we were looking at matching it in with now and there were guys from the undercard on Saturday and all of a sudden those game names like Ortiz aren't being talked about and through no fault of his own, I just wonder if what was a gamble and a, a shot at nothing with potential massive rewards might end up being bad for him in the long run.
0: You know, John, I have just had to pass to Carl because my thoughts are the same as yours. And I think the the biggest disadvantage he's at now is um, he's going to be a TV turnoff in America through no fault of his own. I don't know what you think, Carl, because I could only echo what John said.
1: Yeah, it was frustrating for him, wasn't it? I mean, obviously, I was I was over at, at the show on Saturday night and... And on Friday, I was hearing all sorts of obviously Virgil Ortiz out. Then they got another opponent that turned out up 30 pounds overweight one. And then they drafted somebody else in. It must have been awful for the kid. Been mean, fair play for keeping his mind and, and wanting to still fight, you know what I mean? But I've not seen the fight. But he hasn't got an exciting style, has he? You know what I mean, anyway? And um, it's like you say, it's just not gone down well, has it? And it's frustrating for the kid because it was a massive opportunity for him. I mean, I thought, I personally think he probably wouldn't have gone six rounds against Virgil Ortiz. I'd have wished him well and hope he did really well, but yeah. it was a tough, tough task for him, I think. And with his style and not really a puncher, um, yeah, he didn't want a good fight at all and uh, he didn't get good commentary, did he? So I feel for the kid, to be honest. Yeah.
2: Even if he'd got done a forties in six, if that was if you put up a brave performance, Carl, and show glimpses, opportunities come from that, don't you? You become I, you, you a marker it, yeah. for the next group, but the fight he got and the performance and the well, he performed like Mike McKinson, but it wasn't friendly to watch. And all of a sudden he might have gone from people looking at him, attempting to use him as a gauge next time to thinking, stay away from Mike McKinson.
0: Round four, Carl. You you had a nice rant in your first one about David Avanesion. But tell us about life as a matchmaker at the moment. You want something you wanted to talk it, about.
1: It's just it's just so tough, so frustrating. You try and make good matches. You've got trainers knocking matches back, you've got managers knocking matches back, and then you get crucified on sky, whatever you, you might whoever you're matching for, saying, Oh, these are bad matches, but it's not your fault, you know what I mean? You're trying to make good matches and obviously up-and-coming kids are a little bit different. You've got to give them a bit of slap because obviously you need to build them, you know what I mean? You can't expect them to be fighting top opposition straight away, you know what I mean? But it's just so tough making matches at the moment and making the right matches and, and getting matches accepted and it's it's frustrating, you know what I mean? And then you're getting pullouts last minute and you're trying to you know what I mean, get get matches made, and it's just tough, Steve, you know what I mean, really tough at the moment, and I thought things were going to get better, but they're not, they're getting worse, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, you know what, it's funny you say, while you were speaking there, Colin, I'm sure John will recollect this, about September, we had um, John Pagan, um, another great boxing man, uh, like yourself, just entrenched in the sport and grass, and John asked him when it was going to get better, the situation, because you, in, in September you still never had a lot of the journeymen uh, hadn't bothered with their licences because they didn't want to waste their money. and didn't know, and he was speaking so confident about well, by November we'll be getting back to normal, I think. But it just seems absolutely worse. I mean, I was talking to a journeyman the other day, and he was explaining why he keeps he, he, he refuses fights on a Sunday because it means he can't fight the following Saturday. I heard of another journeyman the other day, making a promoter give him another 400 quid to box on a Saturday, on a Sunday, because it means he couldn't get a job if it came in late the following Saturday. It's just crazy. I don't know any anecdotes
1: you've heard of John or anything. There's just too many. There's just not enough away fighters as well. They all want to be home kids. You know what I mean? There's just not enough away fighters. And, You're all fighting against each other to get these away fighters week in, week out, and it's just so tough, you know what I mean? You bring a lot of foreigners over now, and a lot of them are getting knocked back, but even when they're getting them past, I mean, they're not the matches you want, really, to be honest with you, but we're having to make the the, the best of what we've got, you know what I mean? It's very tough, very, very tough. John, what's your...
2: I've only got twenty. Only got twenty. I was going to ask Carl a question. Then uh, we've all be everyone wanting to be a home fighter. Come back to it afterwards, Carl. Have a think about it. Yeah. How, how many of these unbeaten thing kids do you think actually want to be fighters, and how many of them just want an unbeaten record? We'll come, yeah, back, come exactly. back to that one at the end of it.
0: All right. Yeah. We run out round five. Um, this is one I want to talk about. I'm getting concerned about again. It's um. TV show congestion and I just don't know what the answer is whether the ball can do something or what because I'm just worrying where it's all going again on Saturday, this Saturday we got the zone and sky clashing plus there's quite a lot of small hall boxing around Britain this week and you know and that just has a, a, a domino effect all through the game it dilutes the TV audience. And there'll be people who won't go out to their local small show to watch a mate box because they'll have the zone on their laptop and sky on their telly. And, you know, I, I just, I just wish the board would do something about this or promoters, you know, would, would get together and just fresh out dates. And obviously you're going to have the, the, the occasional day clash, but I was looking at potential day clashes and there's one on the 16th of April, you've got BT with Jason Cunningham in Telford uh, and, um, it, on a show there, uh, Frank Warren show the zone's got Connor Ben in Manchester, and you've got your Sky Boxer show, and it's just no good for anybody. Um, any of that, um, the, the Steve, audience is missed, just going to be so totally diluted.
2: One. You've missed a massive one Zach Parker against Demetrius Andrade at Derby County. The set and um, the zone have gone the same night with Buatzi against Richards. Oh, that, that I didn't, know, I didn't that. know that when was that announced today I've
0: been travelling, I've been with Carl's Boxers and Shefford. I didn't know that. That is absolutely nuts. And I just think the board have got, to, look, they, the board can't make promoters, you know, they're not going to do it. They, they never would. But I think someone, broadcasters, promoters, have got to get together because the fans are suffering it. You would never get three Premier League kick-up matches kicking off the same time at night. Um, it's absolutely nuts. The only time in football where you get the same kickoff times in the Championship and the Premier League is the last game of the season. So there's no unfair advantages. You don't know what's happening at other uh, other clubs. That's the only time it happens, and I I just think it's so unfair on the fans, and it doesn't do the TV any good in, down the long run because the bosses there will look at what. What the viewing figures are and when advertisers look at the viewing figures, they won't spend money on that that during those slots.
2: Yeah. yeah. Plus you've got Pro Bellum, you've got MTK, which yeah, I've, you've I've got, got the, shows on streaming the every week. FCK, Probella, you know, Zone, are
0: doing bits, you know, other promoters. You know, Pat Barrett's putting his shows on live. Steve Wood does the occasional one. I don't know what, what you think, Carl. I mean, obviously, you're in a tricky situation because you're You know, you're, you're with a TV platform in the Sky.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, I'm the matchmaker. You know what I mean? I don't have a lot of say on anything else, really. You know what I mean? But it is frustrating when you're getting big shows the same night, you know what I mean? Cause it's affecting audiences expecting the TV ratings and it's just not good. Like you say, they need to sort of something out. I mean, I'm sure I heard at one stage that they weren't going to go the same night as each other. Yeah. But
0: Eddie and Frank gone. were talking about that last yeah, year. But <laughs> that,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. Anyway, that's something I mean, anyway, round six is, I know this is, I guess John will come up with this one. Kiko against Josh. Exactly. Yeah, big,
2: big, big fight. It's probably a fight that's got better over the years. In fact, you know, given Kiko's form and Josh's decline. When we first fought five years ago, it was seen as like um, just beating a name on the way up. Who, who could have predicted that the oh. careers would have gone the way they have? It, it's crazy, isn't it? Um, I suppose Josh now and Kiko, they're both in the position where every fight is last chance saloon, isn't it? You know, if, if Kiko turns Josh over, I don't think Josh would be wanting to start from the bottom and work no, his way up. No. And if Kiko loses, it's going to be the end of Kiko, you'd imagine. I'm not sure Kiko would want to become a trial horse. Uh, I think it's got all the ingredients for an absolute cracker. You know, Josh hey. is expecting... When the fight was first agreed, just before Christmas, I rung up Josh, and these first words out of his mouth were, my ribs are aching already and my hands are hurting already. So he knows exactly what's yeah. what's coming on Saturday night. Um I just think we're going to get a real crowd-pleasing fight. Fingers crossed. Josh gets it done and he can go on to these unifications. We all wish we'd seen him in 18 months ago. Uh, but that right-hand key call through against Kid Gallad, you can't count him out, can you? you know I, I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be a, a real good fight, a real good show, and, and let's see. I think Josh, Josh can
1: Sorry, Carl. I was going to say, I can't believe Kiko's... Still at that level, it's unbelievable. I can remember the days they were fighting Rendon Munro, you know what I mean, oh. at the RBA, It's crazy, you know what I mean.
2: Fair, Fair play
1: to him. I mean, he's a, he keeps himself in fantastic shape, doesn't he? You know what I mean? He's like a tank little bull and he can proper punch. But Harry's come back because he's been down, you know what I mean? He's been back up, he's been down again, and now he's back again. It's its remarkable. Fair play to him, you know what I mean? You've got to take it out off to him.
0: You know what, I just love the fight. Um, it could be one of those, they fight for the second time. I think it goes the distance. I think Josh can win on points. I don't think Josh will knock Kiko out. I mean, Josh won a grueler the first time, and that was almost, was it almost five years ago? Um, it could one. be one of those where they finish on Saturday night and had 24 rounds between them, and there's not been a bad three minutes in 24 rounds. Yeah. That's the, that's the yeah. sort of fight um, it is. I mean, and as you say... Kiko's the sort of guy. Who, I, I think he might, he would even go back to European level because all he knows, Josh. I think if it went wrong, he'd walk away because it isn't just about becoming a you know a, a two time champion. Josh is after that ticket to a unification. You know, I don't which, which whichever that's going to be. You would have said the Lee Wood fight would be the now on unification, but that's not as yeah. certain now because Conlan Woods a bigger fight, even if they keep that on the back boiler to till the end of the year. Um, it's just, it's just as you said at the start, it's nuts to think that Josh would beat him five years ago and Josh would then become a world champion and need to beat Kiko to win another world title. It's just the beauty of boxing. I mean, we moan about, you know, things that are all wrong, the matchmaking and, you know, people having <laughs> a go at David Avanesh when he's just holding off, you know, McKinson's gamble. But this is what makes it so beautiful, sort of scenarios you know, like that this
2: weekend. People seem to think, oh, Kiko, you know, five years ago, he was past it five years ago and all this. You know, since he, since he lost to Josh, he's only lost to Gary Russell Jr. So he stopped him in the sixth, didn't he? And five? Zelfa. And he'll go to his grave saying he he beat Zelfa. So since Josh beat him five years ago, the really? only loss on his record, really, is Gary Russell Jr.
1: That's crazy. Remarkable. He's remarkable, mate. You know what I mean? Yeah. What a, what a man. What a man. A eh? fair play to him.
0: No, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big fan. You go in there Saturday, John. Working at Pat Barrett this weekend. Oh, yeah, well, I'm on Olly, so I'm not at Pats this weekend, mate. You know? Yeah. Right, and, I'm then, back, and I'm back at Wembley. And I'm, I'm back, back at Wembley, Wembley hey? You, you got a permanent... Uh, uh, the rumour is at Wembley, they have the Carl Greaves suite on, on the top <laughs> floor now. And you have your own I su- top I floor, left mate. Sunday
1: afternoon, I left Sunday dinner time and I'm back Thursday morning.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and I'll leave and it,
1: Sunday dinner time again. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're smiling after you. You told me
0: you had a stressful day, Carl. And, um, and of course, Nottingham Forest got beat. But, of course,
1: they could still they could still go up, mate, so... It was unlucky yesterday. Oh, very unlucky. I didn't unlucky. see the game, I, heard. I, mean? I took my little lad, bless him, and he was sobbing. He was sobbing his heart <laughs> time. It's like it's, like the, Car- it's like the Carl. Grease- it's like the Carl Grease-
0: It's like the Carl Grease boxing gym. Rocus what's his name's next year as well? You, you, you you're number two who trains the kids with you. Yeah, who well, I do?
1: Yeah, he was there.
0: with you the, yeah. the other week? I saw a picture. Oh, he was here,
1: the other week. Yeah, I took him the other week. Yeah, I got a season ticket, so. um I'm allowed a few on it like when it's big games but they didn't allow any extras with the Liverpool game we only have just me and my lad like we didn't get any extras so um, but what an atmosphere you know what I mean unbelievable
2: how many yeah, years is it cool. Carl since they were since they were in the top top flight Forest. I'm trying to remember oh, that, it's
1: it a, oh it's a long long time now isn't it I is can't it like remember yeah yeah it's a long time long time we need to get we need to get back in there we're playing brilliant you know what I mean yeah. You know, uh, Cooper's done a fantastic job. A fantastic you know job. I went, to
0: him. I went there early this season when Fulham got four against you, and it was one of those games. It, it could have been five four to Forrest. It was a mad game. Yeah. It was a four, four goal win that was, that was never was. But the problem I think Forrest have got, um, Carl, they've got the maddest schedule coming up. I was looking at their fixtures the other day. In April, they're, they're, tw- they're every midweek and every Saturday or every weekend. It's mad because they got the Fulham game as well, and they've got to go to Fulham in that period. They got some, you know, so they got a mad schedule coming up, which is really tough after the, you know the season they've had. You know, is it a know, step yeah. too far from? But there you go. That's that's our bit of football comment for the week. Carl, thanks for finally coming on. We'll get you on again in a few months, mate. Uh, John, yeah. thanks as always. Thanks everyone for watching, listening, and we'll be back in two weeks. Um, I'm off sunning myself, so. See you all later and thank you. Thanks so much, thanks for having me on.
2: For all boxing, info, news and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across the north, click and subscribe. VIP Boxing Promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook.